Hey there, and welcome to Locked On Sooners. We finally got a decision on Caleb Williams. National signing day is tomorrow or today if you're listening to it on February 2nd. I've got a couple of mailbag questions to discuss with my guy, Josh Helmer of 94.7 The Ref, on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation, and welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. Make sure you subscribe over on YouTube as well. And joining me today, I got my man, Josh Helmer from 94.7 The Ref in Norman and Oklahoma City. Also writes for me over at the Sooners Wire. So Josh is going to talk a little bit of Caleb Williams news. Little important news that went down today. We're going to talk some National Signing Day stuff and got some questions to answer at the end of the show as well. Josh, thanks for jumping on. How you doing, my friend? Doing great. Uh, good evening. Happy National Signing Day, uh, as it would be to you. And man, yeah, finally uh, we got a decision on Caleb Williams. We kind of arrived, I guess, where we thought we started out, maybe. But finally, finally, a decision. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, like a month ago when he first you know, entered the transfer portal, made his decision, made it known that like going to the NFL draft was number one priority for him. It seemed like USC was going to be the destination all along. And then we had a Dean Blevins report out of Oklahoma city saying that LSU was kind of creeping up. You heard certain rumors about Georgia and Miami at times. And then you had the Wisconsin thing pop up out of nowhere as well. What did you make of kind of the timing of it all? What took so long for him to finally make a decision? You know, the, the further this thing went along, the more I felt like, okay, well, m- maybe it's not going to wind up being USC. Okay, there's some legs here, perhaps, to this uh, UCLA pitch. Then late, you start finding out, okay, uh, there's there's some legs here, maybe, with Wisconsin. Wisconsin ends up making a hiring on their coaching staff, seemingly, uh, well, not seemingly, to lure Caleb Williams to come to Wisconsin, you think, okay, well, if Russell Wilson is involved in this recruitment here of Caleb Williams to Wisconsin, if they're going to make this hire, someone that was a close confidant to uh, the Caleb Williams, to Caleb Williams and to his family, then okay, maybe Wisconsin legitimately have, maybe they've legitimately got something here. But ultimately, I think, why did it take so long now that we've arrived at uh, USC being the, the final destination, the decision for Caleb Williams? Man, I think that uh, Lincoln Riley, I think that USC knew they saw the blowback from the Oklahoma fan base, really from, in in some ways, mostly from the Oklahoma base, but from college football at large, I think it was just, hey, let's let's wait this thing out as long as we can, and hopefully the blowback isn't quite uh, what it was for me, Lincoln Riley. Yeah, and I get some of that because, I mean, I think a lot of the um, consternation for the only word that popped in my mind uh, in all of this was directly toward Lincoln Riley. I feel like most people in general are just kind of like understanding of Caleb Williams decision. I think even people were surprised that he played in the bowl game altogether. And then for him to play in the bowl game, everybody's like, okay, that's pretty cool. It was a good thing for him to do stick with his teammates. Even when he could have transferred out, 
and people would have understood. I think for most part, from what I'm seeing on social media, is most people are pretty understanding of Caleb Williams' decision. Some people are like, hey, best wishes, good luck, hope you do well. Other people are like, hey, wish you well, but hope you lose every game. Like, it's it's definitely um, – there's not a lot of like hate or anger being directed toward Caleb Williams in particular. Um, although there is a lot of like, we don't want to see USC succeed anytime soon. You know, I don't think there should be a ton of hate toward Caleb Williams. He signed with Oklahoma, came here for a head football coach in Lincoln Riley that has had a track record of great quarterback development. Look what he did with Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts, sure, he did some nice things, played in national championship games at Alabama, won SEC championships, but he wasn't the second-round NFL draft pick that Jalen Hurts ultimately wound up after his standalone season at Oklahoma. That was in large part because of the job that he and Lincoln Riley did together. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Heisman Trophy winners, number one overall draft picks. It made sense coming out of high school why – Caleb Williams and his family, his camp, why they felt comfortable joining and attaching their futures to Lincoln Riley and the track record that he had established with quarterbacks. So, listen, Caleb Williams comes to Oklahoma for Lincoln Riley. Ultimately, he's leaving because of Lincoln Riley. I I hope that people get and understand that. I know that there's a lot of animosity toward Lincoln Riley, and I think understandably so, given the way that – He left Oklahoma, the exit that Lincoln Riley had, the poaching in a lot of ways of Oklahoma's roster and really of its coaching staff. I mean, I get that animosity toward Lincoln Riley, but don't keep that same hatred and animosity for Caleb Williams, who out of high school made a decision to play quarterback for Lincoln Riley. And ultimately here he's making the same decision to now follow him to USC. Yeah, and so let's talk about Oklahoma's kind of quarterback situation now as it stands. I got a great question from um, – let me see if I can find it, pull it up real quick. It is from Grumpy Brent Venables, at Sooners underscore 1977 on Twitter. Hey, if you got questions, make sure you submit them on YouTube or on Twitter at Locked on Sooners. But he asks the question here, who's our starter for sure? Any quarterback competition going on yet? Are we sure it's Dylan? Josh, I'm going to let you answer that one. I don't see a quarterback competition, no. And one of the popular questions now that we get on the radio side that now that the Jackson Dart recruitment, okay, well, strike out there. He goes to Ole Miss along with Michael Trigg to Ole Miss. So the other big quarterback target for Oklahoma out of the transfer portal, OU uh, didn't wind up signing or getting him enrolled away from uh, USC or Ole Miss, goes to Ole Miss. Uh, so you've got Nick Evers who signed in the 2022 class, but it's hard for me to project that Nick Evers immediately as a true freshman is going to seriously push a guy in Dylan Gabriel, who's made 25 career starts, who has thrown 70 touchdown passes uh, in those 25 starts over the course of his time at UCF and over 8,000 passing yards. And oh, by the way, his offensive coordinator, his first year at UCF, it was... Jeff Levy, who's coming to Oklahoma. So there's just such, to me, a big advantage already just right out of the shoot for Dylan Gabriel that, no, I don't see there being any sort of serious quarterback competition uh, heading into 2022. I, I don't know that OU is going to – like, this is one of the things I'm intrigued about. 
how will Jeff Levy, how will Brent Venables approach this? Are they going to tell us in the spring that, hey, this is absolutely Dylan Gabriel's job, he's our starter? Or are they going to sell us that there's some sort of quarterback battle that I don't really believe that there is going going throughout the spring and into next fall? Yeah, I mean, Austin Kendall was in competition with Kyler Murray, so you never know what could happen. But I don't know. I feel like Brent Venables is going to be – more up front with some of this stuff it just that's just the vibe that i get from them they might say that there's competition and it and it might be true but it's going to be for that second and third jobs on the depth chart it's going to be more competition between ralph rucker and nick evers or micah bowens and nick evers i mean the writing was on the wall like as soon as caleb williams hit the transfer portal it seemed like within minutes or within hours we had dylan gabriel's commitment to oklahoma and that that only happens if he's coming expecting to be the starter now the jackson dart thing was interesting for a little bit but to me it never really seemed like a good fit because dart was probably looking for somewhere where he could go be a starter as well to come into oklahoma and then have to compete with dylan gabriel in year one and then potentially compete with nick evers in year two. Oh, also the number one quarterback in the state of texas uh jackson arnold in coming in in 2023 as well created just a little bit of a different dynamic that I don't know Dart was looking for. So yes, I agree with you. It's Dylan Gabriel from the outset. He's going to be the starting quarterback and you know what? It's okay. Like it's okay to just look at the guy and be like, that's our guy and throw hundred percent of your weight behind him. And cause it speaks volumes to the rest of your team. Like this is our starter. This is the guy that you're going to follow heading into the 2022 season, uh, leaving some like faux shroud of mystery over who the starter is. Yeah, I get that that like creates competition and you hope that that's going to allow guys to like raise their game, but everybody sees through that. Nobody buys the fact that Austin Kendall was going to compete with Kyler Murray to start or uh, whoever it was during Baker Mayfield's years. Like, oh, uh, um, crap, Trevor Knight, when Trevor Knight and, and Baker Mayfield were on the roster, like people pretty much understood like it was Baker Mayfield's team. It was Kyler Murray's team. And then when Spencer Rattler came on, like it was Spencer Rattler's team. Like you weren't going to sit him another year just because you had you just this idea you wanted to create competition. So it's okay. This is our starter. This is our guy. NFL teams do it all the time. Like it's okay to throw all your weight behind Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. I don't think, uh, and, and I should circle back and finish a train of thought I had uh, earlier, the radio side, th- one of the quick, questions that we got since Jackson Dart's decision to go to Ole Miss and with obviously now Caleb Williams officially out of the picture for Oklahoma. Okay. Is Oklahoma going to add anybody else out of the transfer portal? I don't see a JT Daniels as being a realistic option for Oklahoma either for some of the same reasons that uh, you talk about with Jackson Dart. Okay. Well, maybe Ole Miss was a little more attractive for Dart because yes, there could be a little bit of a competition for him. Like, I was impressed with what I saw from Altmeyer in bits and pieces in the Sugar Bowl for Ole Miss after Corral got hurt. So I don't, I don't think it's just a one thousand percent thing that Dart is the starter at Ole Miss, but I feel pretty confident that Dart's going to be the starter at Ole Miss, and definitely more confident than I would have been with him competing with Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma. JT Daniels, I don't see that as a realistic transfer portal option at this point for OU. I think he's kind of similar to Dart. He wants a situation to where it's like, okay, I'm the guaranteed starter. So, again, I just think that you're in a situation now where Dylan Gabriel is the clear starter for Oklahoma. And as you mentioned right there, yeah, I mean, you'd love to have a bona fide quarterback competition. It's not the worst thing 
to have multiple talented quarterbacks on a roster. It wouldn't have hurt my feelings one bit if Jackson Dart had decided to come play at Oklahoma because then, oh, by the way, you got Michael Trigg involved in under that scenario as well. But I don't think it's the worst thing for OU either here at the beginning of the Brent Vittables era that your first set of spring practices, your first set of fall practices, okay, Oklahoma knows. Dylan Gabriel, he is the guy. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And it also trickles down a little bit too that like as you figure out who your QB2 is, your QB3 are, like it leads to – a, a certain hierarchy with the practice reps as well, because we know that the starter is going to get the majority of the practice reps, but who that second guy is, it matters because those snaps are fewer and far between. And so if Nick Evers is able to earn the QB two job and start getting those practice reps early in his career at Oklahoma, it's just going to help fast track his development a little bit quicker, help him to learn Jeff Levy's offense a little bit quicker as well. Hey, we're going to talk some recruiting news on the other side of this, but I got to talk to you about Bet, Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march to the playoffs right to the big game in a couple of weeks. Hey, if you were like me, I, I got the San Francisco minus or plus the three and a half, but missed out on Kansas City minus seven. The Bengals, man, they made that a game. But you can go to betonline.net. It remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, get ready for fight night, along with live, real-time updates of current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, it is National Signing Day Eve. We're recording this on February 1st. National Signing Day occurs on February 2nd. And Josh, we got a lot of really interesting names that could be signing with the Oklahoma Sooners. Some that we're expecting, like a Gentry Williams, who who kind of, he let his recruitment continue on after the coaching change, understandably so, but is planning to sign on National Signing Day. So that's not one that we're really going to be surprised about. But in the last week since you know visits took place, we had guys like a Grayson Halton who was committed to Oregon, decommitted, now is looking to be projected to Oklahoma. Who are a couple guys that you're looking at that might be kind of under the radar for some people that might now be ending up with Oklahoma? Okay, well, let's start in the defensive backfield with – Jamarian Burt, who's for Oklahoma projecting out again as a defensive back. I want to say he's projecting out as a, a corner. A lot of people feel like at OU, not one of the more higher recruited guys, maybe in this 2022 class, but here late, he's been somebody that's been forecasted and crystal ball to Oklahoma. I expect him to sign with Oklahoma and then just across the board on the defensive line. We, Enter this little final stretch here with, let's say, four defensive – I mean, the four defensive line edge targets that I'm about to mention right here. You mentioned one of them, Grayson Halton. The others would be Ahmad Moten and R. Mason Thomas, who are teammates at Cardinal Gibbons High School out of Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And then uh, the other one would be – who am I missing? Cavante Henry. Yeah. And all four of those guys now, I think you feel confident, are going to sign with Oklahoma. The Cavante Henry element to all of this is fascinating because, okay, you see the re reports start circulating tonight. Jim Harbaugh, there was some flirtations out there. Would he take the Miami Dolphins job? Okay, well, now maybe he's in a, interested in the Minnesota Vikings job. Well, now the reports are out. He's taking the Minnesota Vikings job. And maybe that domino with Jim Harbaugh was just enough 
to push this pendulum in the direction of Oklahoma for Cavante Henry. So I think all of those defensive line edge talents that it seems like are signing with Oklahoma tomorrow, it's just massive, just massive. OU's made an emphasis, I think, to defensive line, edge rushers. That's the backbone, right, of this Brent Venables era to start. And, man, when you've got Brent Venables and you've got Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis here early, I mean, this is the first time he's been a position coach in his career, and he's showing that he's got some recruiting chops here early, winning winning some of these late recruiting wars. Brent Venables definitely has a type, too, along the interior defensive line. Him and Todd Bates, like, they're looking for big dudes that can just take up space and just eat blocks. And I think that's that's going to be a little bit of a change from the Alex Grinch area where we were looking for guys that were, like, one-gap penetrators, that you're wanting guys that can get upfield in a hurry, get into the backfield. And that's great, and it works, but if you don't hit the right – if you're if the gap assignment for your guy is the wrong assignment based on what the offense runs – then you're out of position like immediately. Sometimes like running at least one guy as a two gapper look like a Jeffrey Johnson coming out of Tulane to transfer into Oklahoma. Somebody who is a legitimate one tech plays that can play that nose tackle, eat up double teams. It's going to benefit your guys on the edge, your three technique and your linebackers too, that allows them to run. And that's what they're going to get in a guy like Alton Tarber, who's already committed and Ahmad Moten, uh, who looks like he's going to be heading towards the Oklahoma Sooners. And and to kind of piggyback off the Michigan thing, one of the big names that isn't going to be signing until March, uh, that's Josh Connor. He was a he, he seemed to be heading toward Michigan. That's where our guy Bryant Cruz, who also writes for us over at the Sooners Wire, that's all the buzz he'd been hearing was that he Connerly was heading toward Michigan. Now with Harbaugh heading out, that potentially opens the door for him to come to Oklahoma. How big would that be for a guy like Bill Biedenbo, who arguably had one of the, the worst offensive lines he's had in his tenure? How huge would that be to, to get a recruiting win like this? So a couple of four-star talents have already signed with Oklahoma in this class across the offensive line in Jacob Sexton out of Deer Creek. And Jake Taylor, I believe, is from out in Las Vegas. But yeah. – when you start thinking about you can mix in Connerly as well, who is rated as a five-star talent, man, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's so exciting when you start winning some of these recruiting wars up front along the trenches. To me, I mean, look, you, you want the five-star quarterback talents. We've seen those around here in Norman, uh, Oklahoma, here the last uh, several seasons with – both Spencer Rattler and Kayla Williams was able to lure and sign five-star quarterback talents. They've had the five-star wide receivers. You think about Jaden Hazelwood and Trajan Bridges and Theo Weiss all together in that class. Mario Williams uh, by some, I think ESPN was a five-star wide receiver. Now, a lot of those guys didn't, didn't wind up sticking around for obviously various reasons across the board, but you've seen those types of five-star talents. Has it resulted necessarily in college football playoff wins? Has it or national championships for Oklahoma? So when you start telling me, okay, Oklahoma's got a chance to get a five-star offensive lineman or a five-star defensive tackle or a five-star defensive end or edge rusher, I mean, okay, that's where football starts. So to me, that's incredibly exciting. And that would be a huge coup if uh, that recruitment winds up to where Harbaugh bolting again for Connerly ends up uh, landing in Oklahoma's favor. Be gigantic if we get to that point in March. Yeah, and another offensive lineman that, that has been heavy 
or Oklahoma's been heavy in on is Devon Campbell. It looks like right now he's leaning to Texas. So I'd expect that to happen tomorrow. Who's one of the kind of the uh, skill position players that you're most intrigued about in this 2022 class? It could be a running back or a wide receiver. I like Javante Barnes a lot uh, in terms of the running back position. Really like both of the two running backs they signed. Gavin Sachuk out of Colorado as well. I hear going in a little bit more buzz about Javante Barnes from some people that, that I trust in the Oklahoma media. So he's, he, that's, you know, why he's one of the first names that would come to mind. And then Jaden Gibson, the late flip from Florida, along with the quarterback, Nick Evers, the size, when you start bringing in wide receivers that are six foot five, Hey, I loved watching Mario Williams in his one season at Oklahoma, but I don't mind a big bodied wide receiver. You start bringing in six foot five guys. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. It gives you a lot more opportunities to go over the middle. It's going to help you in the red zone and you just get that athleticism. And I, I, I love Jaden Gibson from what I saw from him. Just, he's a smooth guy. He just, for a guy his size, he just doesn't run clunky. You get a lot of these guys that are 6'3", 6'4", a lot of times, and they they look it. You know, like they run like they're 6'3", 6'4". He runs like a smaller guy, just smooth in his routes, able to make guys miss after the catch. He's a guy that I'm really intrigued about. The other one I'm really intrigued about is Nicholas Anderson, the former or the, the little brother of Rodney Anderson. Like, to me, the legacy thing is kind of cool. And, I mean, he was initially going to Oregon. Now he's coming to Oklahoma. I think that's going to be a potentially huge – get for him and to, to your point about the the five-star talent like Oklahoma currently has a top 10 class they don't have a single five-star player committed or signed to them in this recruiting class but they've got a ton of four-star guys and even at number 10 they don't they're one of just two teams in the top 10 of 247 sports team rankings who have fewer than 20 commits so that says a lot about yeah they may not have a ton of five stars which there are very few five stars handed out per recruiting class but they got a ton of a really, really high-quality four-star recruits. So let's not sleep on this class just because it's not a five-star class. I'm with you. And the other part of this equation I think that we have to keep in mind and it's worth reflecting on here on National Signing Day is, John, this class could have easily been fractured. It could have easily fallen apart on Oklahoma. Instead, because of the work of Bob Stoops in his interim head coaching role, he, he was able to get out along with the other coaches that were still on staff, the, the offensive coaches that have been retained here, the Kale Gundys, the Bill Biedenbos of the world, the DeMarco Murrays. They were able to keep a lot of this 2022 signing class together all the way back, you know, mid-December, on December 15th. And now you get to this point to where, okay, you're a little bit further removed from that. Jeff Levy comes in. He's able to convince the quarterback, Nick Evers, to come to Oklahoma, along with Jaden Gibson, the wide receiver. And all of these late defensive line flips that it seems like they're going to get here, Ahmad, Ahmad Moten, R. Mason Thomas, Kevante Henry. Okay, yeah, maybe it's in part because of the Jim Harbaugh uh, decision to leave Michigan, but there were some folks out there in recruiting circles that were projecting Henry to Oklahoma even before the Harbaugh news. So the way that this staff has both been able to initially keep the class intact. And then what Brent Venable said on that signing, the initial signing day, what he said Oklahoma was going to do, be aggressive out of the transfer portal and continue to add 2022 players to it. I mean, it's amazing that this class is going to finish top 10. So, okay, no five stars in this class. 
I have uh, a pretty good sneaking suspicion there's going to be some five stars coming up in these next couple of classes. Yeah, definitely don't sleep on Oklahoma on recruiting because you look at the junior day that they just had, and I can't tell you how many parents I saw tweeting out just the energy and the vibe that they got uh, just from this new staff. I mean, you even had players like Ashton Cozart who was being recruited by the previous, you know, the previous regime. Talk about the difference in the culture just from Lincoln Riley to Brent Venables and how it felt to him. And he's a guy that's currently leaning toward Oklahoma and looks like he's going to be an Oklahoma signee. He's planning on signing his, or at least making a commitment. I think this Friday was what I saw. And so Brent Venables is talking about recruiting the whole person and not that's, that may not resonate like to high school kids because they may not truly understand what that means, but it's definitely going to resonate with parents and family members who they want their kid taken care of. Like, yes, they want their kid to go play high-level college football at a good school with great opportunities to potentially move on to the next level. But they most more than that, they want their kid taken care of, and they want to know their kid's taken care of. And, and I want to get more thoughts on that and, and just kind of what you're seeing out of this because the last couple months of the Brent Venables era, when you've talked about it, it's, it's already starting off with a bang. And we'll talk about that more after I talk to you folks about Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 50 or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership, when you can go to rockauto.com and save, you can save time and money by using Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They've got the same prices for the, like I said, the do-it-yourselfer to the professional mechanic. There are no favorites here. Everybody gets the same price and the prices are always reliably low for every single customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Hey, it's wintertime right now. You might have things freezing up. If you need new auto parts, make sure you go to rockauto.com. You can get everything you need at rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Now, Josh, let's continue on this kind of this discussion of culture because we haven't, I mean, we haven't seen Brent Venables in a decade. It's just, we've only gotten to experience him for the last couple of months, but there's just an energy coming out of Norman right now. And Lincoln Riley was a great recruiter and he had some great recruiters on his staff and Jamar Kane and Roy Simmons, uh, you know, several guys, but what are you feeling like is the difference right now? I mean, you're in Norman, you're there every day. What's kind of the, the sense you're getting from some of the guys that you're working with at the ref? Well, Brent Venables believes what he's selling. When he sits up there, the moment that he's introduced as the next head football coach at Oklahoma, and it's a big party inside the Everest Center, and he starts talking about, and he uses the word holistic three or four times, I think, in his introductory press conference. And then then there's the follow-up. I, I guess you call the first you call the first press conference. It wasn't really a press conference. It was an introductory celebration of Brent Venables inside the Everest Center. Okay, then you go over and there's the official introductory press conference. And Brent Venables talks about and talks about the holistic approach. Hey, we're not just in the business of bringing players here and making them better football players. We care about the school side of the of the experience in Oklahoma. We want their families 
to feel welcome at Oklahoma. We want former players of the program to feel like they're still a part of the program at Oklahoma, to, to understand the value of Oklahoma, the holistic approach that you're going to leave OU and you're going to be a better man because of the decision to have come to OU. Would you believe that? And that's one of your, your big charges as the head football coach and the, the people you surround yourself with on the staff. I, I think of somebody like Todd Bates, I don't know Todd Bates personally yet. I'll get to know him over the next several months. Uh, But he strikes me as just a very genuine, likable guy. And and the staff is littered with guys like that. And when moms and dads talk to those types of people and they preach about the importance of, you know, kids coming to Oklahoma and not just becoming better football players, that's going to resonate with parents. And, And we're seeing the fruits of that for Oklahoma where, like you said, players after visits at Oklahoma are mentioning, hey, man, something, something special is going on here at Oklahoma. The, the coaching staff is special. And moms and dads are saying that too, to where, okay, well, maybe Oklahoma's not who this player winds up committing to or ultimately signing with, but moms and dads and players, these kids that Oklahoma's after, they're leaving impressed by the experience and by the conversations that they're having with this coaching staff. So I think it's great. It makes you feel good as a fan too, right? It makes you feel good about the yeah. team that you're covering that, okay, well, something, something good's going on here at OU. Yeah. And, and you, you hope that's going to be the case. Like we, we always find out down the road about some of these coaches like an urban Meyer. So, you know, for example, now I'm not at all going to equate Brent Venables with urban Meyer, but Yes, it feels great, and I really hope that this is what it looks like and what it seems like. I, I think maybe Lincoln Riley's got me a little jaded, um, but I'm yeah, I'm excited for just the energy. And I mean, if you don't follow Todd Bates on social media, make sure you do because he's just really encouraging. Like you get, make sure you read a Todd Bates tweet the first thing you do in the morning. It, you know, if you're not going to read your Bible, make, read a Todd Bates tweet because that thing will get you fired up for the day. He's he's just a wealth of just kind of person building character building team building insight and we you know he and Brent Venables had a ton of success over at Clemson with this type of mentality and they recruited a ton of great players that ended up playing in the NFL and so there's a lot to be excited about because they are doing a great job on the recruiting front and it's going to culminate with a really good class in 2022 and they're really just getting started like they've sent out so many offers on 2023 and 2024 and a lot of these guys. And one thing that I've noticed, and this is just going to be a sidebar is they're not afraid of three stars. They're not like avoiding three stars. They, they target guys like the guy that they're targeting in 2023. Um, dang it. Now I'm blanking on his name. He's a local kid out of McAllister, Eric McCarty, Eric McCarty. That's just right down the road for me. So my apologies to the McCarty family, but Eric McCarty, He's not currently rated anywhere, but he was one of the top players in the state of Oklahoma this year. And they're go- they already got him. They, I mean, he's committed to the Oklahoma Sooners and because they saw a player that they liked and they went after him. Sometimes like the, and we love the, the, the stars and the recruiting rankings and all that stuff, but sometimes the coaches, they just get a feel for a player based on what they see on tape and what they get in the meeting. And they're going to go against the grain that a lot of us, especially in the media might say, well, they're only, they only have this many stars or they're considered by this organization to be a great player and maybe not so much by this. And sometimes it's like, 
it's good to go against the grain because you never know what you're going to find. That's, that's kind of what happened with one of your colleagues, Teddy Lehman, right? He was a very, not very highly recruited player coming out of Fort Gibson, but ended up being one of the best players Oklahoma's ever had. Yeah. I love this, the story that Teddy Lehman tells about his recruitment too, that Brent Venables uh, came by and he said, okay, well, if you can, I I think he said, uh, if you can run a four, six, then I'm going to offer you right here today, Teddy. And Teddy said, if I run a four, six, I'm quitting football. And of course he, you know, yeah. went ahead and ran a four, four or whatever he, he ran on the visit. So incredible, uh, that story there, but those, yeah, are the, the type of kids that Oklahoma is willing to take some chances on Venables and company. They, I don't think that they know where Eric McCarty is going to play at, uh, when, you know, when he signs with Oklahoma here in the 2023 class, but, uh, they know that he's a football player and they know that, okay, he's from McAllister. He's a local kid. And like Bob Stoop said on our radio station just last week, I wanted to, if I was going to make a mistake, I wanted to make a mistake and take a chance on a kid from the state of Oklahoma. And I think you're seeing that same sort of approach here with Brent Venables. Yeah. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see how a lot of this plays out because you, you got kids that grew up, you know, rooting for the Oklahoma Sooners. They want to play for Oklahoma if they get the chance. And now they're going to have more opportunities. There's going to be more chances. And we're seeing some preferred walk-ons even occurring right now where like kids might not get scholarships, but if, if they can make it work out right, maybe they'll go to Oklahoma and that just adds to the talent and depth. And it's going to help build the state uh, in its, in its recruiting profile, but also just in its, its high school football perception as well. It's exciting, and it, it fires fans up, too. We do get a couple of questions, and I'm sure you you see them and get them, too, John, about, okay, well, I mean, are they sending out too many offers to three-star type talents here? I mean, where are the four stars? Where are the five stars? But I think, generally speaking, most fans, it excites them to see kids from the state of Oklahoma get a chance to play for the University of Oklahoma, and that's not changing. I mean, there's going to be more kids from the state of Oklahoma that are similar. And I don't want to, by any stretch of the imagination, pass along the idea that somehow Eric McCarty is just this big, big gamble. But of course he's not the four or five star recruit, at least as of right now today, right. that some of the other guys Oklahoma's offered and have committed that, that those guys are. Oklahoma's going to keep taking chances on kids like that. And I love it, man. Cause you're right. It's uh, some of the great success stories in OU football history of that, like Teddy Lehman you mentioned, and uh, Bob Stoops. He was on the station just last week, and, and one of the names that he brought up was Dan Cody, who wound mm-hmm. up being, I think, a two-time All-Big 12 conference player. Of course, he's one of the sacks leaders in Oklahoma history. He's right toward the top of that chart. I think he's second, maybe, all-time in Oklahoma history. But And then he was a high NFL draft pick, and guess what? When Dan Cody was getting recruited, the staff at the time, none of the assistant coaches John wanted to offer him because none of them were like convinced, okay, Dan Cody's a defensive end. No, Dan Cody's a defensive tackle. Well, Dan Cody's a linebacker. They didn't know where to put him. But guess what? Bob Stoops said, my philosophy was just show me the tape of the kid that maybe we want to offer. And if I like his tape, then we're offering him. Bob Stoops watched his tape and said, I don't care where he plays. We're figuring out a spot to, uh, of where to play Dan Cody. And I mean, the rest is history. So you hope there's going to be similar success stories like that coming up in the future for OU. 
and you don't want to you don't want to miss out on some of these guys either. Like you, we we've been killed by Charlie Kohler the last few years, a Norman kid who didn't get an offer from Oklahoma. We got killed by Des Bryant for years. Uh, he grew up just south of uh, uh, actually where did he grow up? No, he was from Texas. Who am I thinking of? Justin Blackman. Justin Blackman, who was from Ardmore, he ended up going to Oklahoma State. Like these guys killed Oklahoma. And they weren't on the radar. So, like, when in Oklahoma, take your chances on guys from Oklahoma because you don't want them going to Oklahoma State. You don't want them going to Tulsa. And you don't want them leaving the state. Like, you don't want them going to the SEC and then killing you later on down the road. And and I apologize because I'm spacing on the name here, but one of Oklahoma State's freshman defensive linemen this season, I believe, was an Edmund Santa Fe product. And, I mean, he looks like he's going to be one of the best – defensive players in the conference over the next couple of years and look was he a four or five star kid no I mean if he was Oklahoma of course with the previous staff would have offered him but some of those other guys that weren't the four or five star in-state kids under Lincoln Riley and his staff they didn't always get offered and I think those kids now you're going to see Brent Venables in this Oklahoma staff take take a longer, harder look at some of those in-state players. And hopefully, yeah, there, there are less of those misses where we're talking about in-state kids and you look up and they're at Oklahoma State or you name it, whichever school, and you say, how the heck did OU let that kid wind up anywhere other than Norman? Yeah. And, man, it's it's going to be so exciting to watch You know, tomorrow or on National Signing Day, whether you're listening to us on Tuesday or on Wednesday, uh, Brent Venables and the offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy, and defensive coordinator, Ted Roof, will meet with the media and just kind of talk about their National Signing Day. This is going to be like their first opportunity to address everything that's gone on over the last couple of months. And so it's going to be exciting to watch just what they have to say about this incoming class because there's a lot of really good things to talk about with this 2022 class. A lot of guys already on campus, enrolled, going through workouts with Schmitty. So it, I think there's a lot of things to be excited about. Yes, it's been a, a weird couple months with the transition and some of the players that they lost, but still a lot to be hype about with the Oklahoma Sooners. Josh, thanks so much for joining the show today. We appreciate having you on, man. Make sure you all go to listen to Josh on 94.7, the ref in that's in Oklahoma city and 1400 in Norman, right? 94, seven, man. It's a, uh, it's a big signal. It's, it's all over okay. the state. Definitely in Oklahoma city. I can guarantee right. that. I can also tell you, 1430 the bus in Tulsa for our Tulsa friends out there. And everybody, everybody should just download the Sports Talk 1400 app. Just search Sports Talk 1400 and you can listen to, well, the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland alongside TJ Perry, Chris Plank and myself from 9 to noon, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, 12 to 2, and then Teddy and Tyler, of course. They uh, they bring you home from three to six on uh, the ref. So all of those guys, John. Hey, my pleasure, man. Always fun hanging out with you, dude. Yep. Make sure you go read Josh's work over at the Sooners Wire as well as mine. And until tomorrow, when we are going to wrap up the National Signing Day, my name is John Williams for Josh Helmer, Boomer Sooner. <laughs>